Welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm your host, Chase, with my co-host, Lily. Hey, guys. And we are a paranormal podcast where we like to have some drinks, tell some stories, and try to scare each other. But before we get started today, I want to talk about some movie stuff, if that's okay. I'm very okay with that. All right, so... My mind was just blown. I feel like, okay, so I feel like I'm a little behind the times because you and me have not been on a horror movie kick since October when we do our 30 days of horror movies in a row. Right. But I'm kind of jonesing to start getting back into it. And I was just looking around and it looks like 2021 is going to be a huge year. For horror films already has been there's a lot that have already come out yeah so i'm starting to get up lists where you and me can start like burning through some awesome horror movies and you know we can talk about them enjoyment everything but i ran into one entry that i was just like what <laughs> so they remade wrong turn what so they they remade it i know there were like a million wrong turns and i don't want to see them i loved the original well they were like sequels and it was understood that they were sequels bad sequels not a remake yeah Yeah. well the original was like a really fun teen scream Mm -hmm. which i really enjoyed came out like right around when we were in high school i think god i don't even know so this new one it's the same writer but you know different director and everything um (laughs) it was released so so it's called wrong turn but sometimes it's listed as wrong turn the foundation but it it is said specifically to be a reboot okay but it was released for a single day in theaters on the 26th of january this year 2021 what but apparently uh so you can stream it and rent it so uh even though it was out only one day it did have a pretty positive reception from critics and fans so that's a good sign oh my god i like, I might actually end up watching this today. We might do that. So uh, you can rent it on Amazon streaming mm-hmm. for five ninety nine. So we're going to have to do that pretty oh, soon. Okay. I'm pretty excited. As far as I know, it doesn't have any of the original people, like Eliza Dushku who's not coming back or any of these people that were in the original. Yeah. But relating to rentals, this is more of a public service announcement. So there's an app, a streaming app called Tubi. <laughs> and it's a free app and it's a free service. They just have ads in it. It works kind of like IMDb streaming. Yeah. The only thing about Tubi, though, is they only have things available on it for a short period of time, like a week, two weeks, something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a brand new horror film from 2020 that's on there for free right now. Everywhere else you have to pay for it, but it's for free right now. And it's called The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw. I don't know that one. I I watched the trailer because, you know, all the movies that say, like, The Curse of or The Haunting of, they put someone's name. It feels like they're trying to, like, force that, ooh, it's super authentic and, like... Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right, kind of rolling my eyes before I watch it. Well, the trailer kind of blew my mind. Really? So here is the movie tagline. <laughs> of it's course. Protestant villagers suspect a mother and daughter of witchcraft as a deadly plague decimates crops of livestock. Crops and livestock, not of livestock. Um, so I got definite the witch vibes while I watch it, but it doesn't look anywhere near as... So the witch was very artistically and impressively crafted. This is a period movie, and okay. it looks well done. Not maybe as well as done as which, but it's that same vibe where it's kind of like oppressive. Put kinda. yourself, yeah, put yourself back into this yeah. really horrible time, and creepy <laughs> stuff goes on. And it looks like it's kind of like a slow burn horror. Okay, yeah, uh, very moody, and I'm pretty excited about. It. So it's free on Tubi right now. If you miss it, you can rent it on Amazon for like four ninety nine. But it's free right now, so we have to watch it. You just have to get ads with it, but that's okay because mm-hmm. I'm cheap and I hate spending money. Right. Free's good. But we did actually watch a horror movie last week. Yes, we did. We watched the the movie. It was called Bloodfest, which is a terrible name. 
Uh, yeah. Um, it is the premise, and don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything because I, I hate spoilers and I don't want anyone to get spoilers. Just the premise behind it is there's this festival called Blood Fest that's for, like, horror fanatics, and it's this, like, carnival ground you go to, and they try to recreate scenes and areas from, like, the favorite horror movies of, you know, whatever this universe considers. They're totally ripoffs of, like, Friday 13th and, and whatnot. Yeah, there's, like, a, a section that's, like, a cemetery and, a, yeah, things like when that. like, the it. Right, and one's, like, a clown festival thing situation. I don't know, yeah, but it's got it's got different sections. It was It's got a really good premise, but I have feelings about it. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I saw it, I'm not going to say to watch. I'm going to actually recommend against it. I'd say it'd be great for free, and I don't know. I can't remember if we watched it for free or if we rented it. Mm, I, I don't if, either. If you've got time and it's free, then you might have an okay time with it. But otherwise, I'd say it's a it's a pass. It <laughs> did have, like, so it's, it's definitely kind of a teen scream slasher vibe. It has a lot of comedy elements to it. It has high production values. It's not like a cheesy mm-hmm. amateur movie. I mean, right. it feels feels like budget. There's a few names in there you might know. The one highlight to the movie, though, is it's got um, Jacob Batalon in it. He plays Ned in all the uh, new Spider-Man movies, like Far From Home. Yeah, yeah. He's like one of the main guys or whatever. Yeah. And if you love him in those movies like I did, he's amazing in this movie because he's he feels very much like that same really funny Super like he steals the camera. Every he's kind of still the sidekick to the main character a little bit, which is sad because he really deserves to be like the main character. Yeah, but, maybe he'll get his chance soon. Who knows? But he was really fun. So I, at the very least, the movie was worth it to an extent because he did such a good job in that. Yeah. But so I'd say still give it a pass unless you like desperate horror movie and it's free. Like then, you have no other options. Like us these my, days, my, we're pretty. Yeah. Uh, any any ones that we can find, we try to watch just because we love them so much. And if they suck, we're like, eh, it wasn't so bad. Especially if it was free. I think it might have been free. but Might have been. I don't know. Who knows? Um, it would have been better if we were drunk. And we weren't. <laughs> no, we were not. <laughs> but that was just a little update on movies. I'm totally getting back into the horror mo- mode. I'm even... Uh, I'm even playing a horror video game right now. Mm. Uh, so I'm just, I'm trying to get back into it like hardcore. So hopefully we'll have more things to talk about. Yeah, I want to, I mean, I always want to. So I'm glad that you are now in the mood to do it because that, I'm already, I'm already fired up to go anytime, but I can't just start watching new horror movies without you. Mm-hmm. So now that you're into it, I, I have a few things that I've been wanting to watch myself. So good. I'm glad that you're gonna join me (laughs) so today today's a little bit different because i actually knew what you were going to talk about i don't know i I don't know the specifics uh but you kind of told me the kinds of things you're going to discuss this Mm -hmm. time which allowed me to prepare and actually make my story relate to it which was pretty fun yeah so um the reason why i disclosed to chase usually i like to surprise him saying oh today's story is and then you not know anything about it But this one was a little different because I actually recorded an episode about the Edinburgh vaults in Scotland. So, and I did that with my friend Lisa. This was like episode... Yeah, before we even started our first episode. uh, Yeah, this is like episode zero. So basically what I was doing at the time, this was before Hair of the Werewolf, this was before I figured out what I was going to do. I didn't even have a name to a podcast. I just wanted to start recording some stories and also... Yeah, and learn how to like edit, things like that. Yeah. 
Anyway, so we ended up recording. She and I have have done since another intro to it to kind of explain what the episode and how it works and like the debacles that we faced while trying to record on one microphone. I mean, (laughs) it's fun. So I'm going to end up releasing this episode as a bonus episode and it's going to come out Wednesday. So a few days after this comes out. And for those of you who don't actually like listening to me, it'd be a great episode because it's oh, yeah. I'm not even in it. <laughs> I guess I should mention Chase was not involved. Yeah. Um, it's just me and Lisa. It's kind of a fun episode. It's about the Edinburgh Vault. So if anyone knows about that, it's a really, really, really good story. And I didn't want to just throw it away. And plus, we had tons of fun doing it. So I think people would enjoy it. Well, and uh, that's why you told me that you were going to do today's story we're going to be talking about right. edinburgh stuff because all of us you me lisa and jacob we were all in edinburgh we, we did a big trip there exactly so the reason again i told you about it is because of that existing and in keeping with the theme i thought it would be fun to do another part of edinburgh that is also considered incredibly haunted so i'm excited so i don't actually know what stuff she's going to talk about but we did go to edinburgh mm-hmm. and we had a great time the fact that we're recording an episode about edinburgh is it's a coincidence. It was not intended because this right. morning um, Prince Philip passed away at age 99 and he was the Duke of Edinburgh. Right. So that wasn't planned. It was definitely, <laughs> I've I've been planning on releasing that episode this upcoming Wednesday. For and so, while. yeah, and I knew that I was going to do an Edinburgh themed uh, story for today. So yeah, that was kind of weird. I'm like, huh, well, I guess we're all in this together. But 99, that's pretty awesome like yeah. i i you and me wish we could make it to 99 i mean i'm amazed we've made it to <laughs> well i'm i'm 36 now but yeah i was like we made it this far Woo! yeah so that's kind of impressive we also we also lost dmx this morning mm-hmm. figure right. you know if we're, if we're mentioning one important loss of life we should mention them both um yeah. important figures yeah sad sad day sad day but with all that said we should go into the stories for our listeners because that's why they're here. Definitely. Okay, cool. And also, just real quick, we are drinking water today. <laughs> yeah. We're not drinking, drinking. We were pretty bad this week. And uh, it's not necessarily that we don't feel like drinking today. It's mostly that we need to keep ourselves in check. We and need to be responsible right We need now. to be responsible. Um, we got a lot to do tomorrow. Yeah. We got busy. We are schedule. literally sounding like the most boring people on the planet right now because we're being responsible, but sometimes that's just life. And I, and that's just how we're going to roll with the show. We're in a pub and we're the DDs today. That's what's happening. Well, I'm actually still shaking it up though. I'm not drinking booze, but I'm drinking cranberry juice and carbonated water, <laughs> oh, which fancy. is, oh yeah, it's fancy for me because I just pretty much only ever drink water yeah. and alcohol. So yeah. <laughs> Which sounds way worse coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I know you're like that was supposed to come out better. <laughs> I'm just a water guy. I don't drink like soda or yeah. juice or nothing. So that this is fancy for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, good. Real quick before we jump yeah. in, just in case any of you don't know, Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland, and it's in the southeastern part of Scotland. It's pretty close, at least relative to Scotland, to the border with England, and the metro is about a million people. So that gives you kind of a sense of the scale of what kind of city. The metro, a, yeah, it's, it's a lot bigger. City. I mean, it's right. old. It's super, <laughs> It's USA old. Let's it's it like, <laughs> from our perspective, basically, I It's don't know. prehistoric to people who live in the U.S. <laughs> I think there were T-Rexes and stuff. All <laughs> oh, the dinosaurs feared the T-Rex. <laughs> so, yes, T-Rex and Edinburgh Castle. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. So the castle itself sits on a large rock formation called Castle Rock, 
which is actually creative. I, here's the thing. I, I had to like look into it. I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I saw that it's actually a volcanic plug or volcanic neck. Yeah, it's an extinct volcano, right? Yeah, it's on an extinct vol- volcano, which if people don't know what that is or like what the volcanic neck means, it's just essentially when magma hardens within the vent of the active volcano um, and causing extreme buildup. And it makes this giant, massive rock formation that sits above, you know, that's really, really tall. Well, it, it towers above Theresa. Yeah, it's like, like this is right in the center of the it's city. It's basically in the center of the city, exactly. And so you can see it from everywhere. It really is impressive how you can see it in different points of Edinburgh when you kind of. You know, when you go to different parts of it and you and you look over, you're like, oh, my God, there's a castle again. It's watching me. It's looming. It's yeah. lit up. It's <laughs> it, especially at night. It's it's half terrifying, but half gorgeous. Exactly. And also what I found, because basically what I do while I do research for these things, I inevitably derail my focus from my research and start learning other things. Oh, and, of course. <laughs> and so when I was like, rock formations, let's look more into that. I also, <laughs> Geology lesson. <laughs> Geology. Help me. Uh, no, no, no. So the, I also found that a lot of humans decide to build buildings on top of these things. So it's not just the Edinburgh Castle that is on a, a, um, a volcanic neck. There's even other castles that have been built on them in different parts of the planet and other uh, large structures. I don't know why. We see a giant rock and we're like, let's do that. This is where I want my castle, which makes sense. It's it's kind of amazing how we only have a few instances of things like Pompeii. But you think with, I mean, actually, wow, what are the chances? This morning, a volcano started erupting. What was it on St. Vincent's down in like. Oh, I don't know. St. Vincent's Island. We keep seeing on like House Hunters International. I'm not joking. A volcano just started erupting oh like today God. or yesterday. And I was just thinking, man, why do people keep living near volcanoes? I say this as someone who lives in Albuquerque where you can see like three volcanoes in, our, uh, in the distance. They're dormant. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're they're totally taking a snooze. Yeah, they're just taking a break. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, volcano, rocks, castles, they're all one to us, I guess. <laughs> Um, the castle also, like you said, is, is in the middle of the city, so you can see it in from every angle. And there's archaeological evidence that it's been inhabited, well, the rock itself, like there's been inhabiting since like the second century. Hmm. Now, the first documentation mentioned of this becoming a fortress was around the year 600, but the first mention that it was a castle was around the year 1031. So, I mean, even though there's been stuff on top of it, I guess really a castle slash fortress, definitely by 1031. Some sort of defense. Some something. Yeah. And someone really important living on it. (laughs) Uh, Something that I didn't know, but also wasn't surprised when I read about it, was that Edinburgh's castle historically is considered uh, the, and this is a quote I got, the most besieged place in the Great Britain and one of the most attacked in the world. Yeah, they actually mentioned something similar to that when we went through one of the museum tours in the castle. So I was obviously not paying attention because I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) When I read it today. Yeah, Um, because it was part of the history when they brought it down all the way to talking about the the jewels, like the crown jewels. Oh, yeah, yeah. They talked about that. It was all relating to that, like, keeping them safe was a big deal because... People just Didn't could they, not... like, lose them and then found them again? They got found again, yeah. Yeah, you hide them so well, people probably died, and they're like, well, John was the one who knew where they were, and he's <laughs> dead. What do we do? So, anyway, uh, yeah, the attacked many times. I think one website I saw that it's been attacked at least 23 times. You know what that means? It means a lot of restoration and a lot of ghosts. <laughs> 
Which is why I'm here. This is why we're here. I'm here to talk about geology and ghosts. Geology and ghosts. And, and we're all done with geology. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, help me. So not surprisingly, Edinburgh Castle is obviously going to be considered one of the most haunted places on <laughs> Earth. <laughs> I know you love your, when I say that almost every single time. Well, I think when we're talking about haunted places, most just means a haunted place. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it actually describes a level of haunting anymore. But this is on the high level. I don't know who's grading these, but there's a lot. Well, you know, we weren't attacked by ghosts while we were there. Granted, it was during the day and there were like thousands of people around us. Yeah, so... In pre-COVID days when you could be around people. If someone brushed against me, it was probably... I just would have assumed it was someone else because there were so many people. <laughs> someone with a real thick accent. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go ahead and straight up go into the hauntings right now. Do it. Yeah, we're just going to dive That's what in. I want. The first guy I'm going to talk about is the Dung Prisoner. Dung? Like like poop dung? Like poo. Yeah. Oh, nice. So nobody knows his real name, but he was deemed this name because of what happened to him. I can't wait. <laughs> One day, the prisoner decided to make a break for it. So he was trying to escape, and he decided to hide in a giant dung mound. Uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> Hold on. You know, back we just had mounds you of know, dung. Mounds of poo. Well, okay, so it was collected already, and it was in a barrow, and it like this giant thing that they were going to dump sure. or whatever. And so, which isn't actually a really bad idea, because if you think about it, one, he is not going to be searched for in there. Like, no one's going to be like, let's dig through poo. And two, he knows for sure that the poo is leaving the castle. So, cool. Good on him. What he didn't know is that... You can't breathe in poop? No. <laughs> well, I don't know what he did, but he, he breathed long enough. He stayed okay. there long enough alive to be able to be wheeled out. What he didn't know was that they simply led the barrow to the side of the castle wall and then dumped it down the cliff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so since this castle so, is on a high mountain, like, a lot of the edges of the walls just are just cliff drops. Yeah. And we even saw some of, like, the more... Modern, and by modern, I mean like 700-year-old toilets they use. Right. It's just a hole. It's just a hole. Overlooking the cliff, and people just pooped off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, I don't know, but this guy was thrown off with poo on the side of the cliff as well. I mean, he hid in a pile of poo, so that I don't, you know, think he's given me a lot of hope for his intelligence at this moment. (laughs) I don't know. It seemed like a good plan at first, but at the end. I mean, when you got to think about it, that's super unlucky, because not only did he get killed by falling to his death... But his moments before then were just being stuck in a giant pile of poop. But even before that, he was like in a dungeon or the prison, you know, wherever he's being held captive. So all around, not a good situation with him. He I just think had a bad time. He just really had a bad time all the way till the end. Well, today, uh, visitors and even staff say that sometimes they get overwhelmed by a scent of dung. Uh, they know that the prisoner's ghost is nearby. And also to know that when you do smell dung, that you need to stay away from the edge of the castle wall because the dung prisoner will try to push his victims in it uh, and attempt to murder them. So, cool. Thanks, guy. So then you get to smell poop right before you get Yeah, and he's like, now we're poo buddies. So, like, how, like, because he was around poop, which wasn't why he died, like... <laughs> The smell, it's kind of like he has a superhero but ghost origin story. Where it's like, how did you get your superpowers? Like, my superpowers is I smell, people smell shit before I kill them. How'd you get those superpowers? It's like, well, funny story. So, yeah, he has an origin story. He That's, has a 
the worst origin story ever. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's his. That's that one ghost, and it seems to be common enough where it's talked about a lot. And a cautionary tale to stay away from the edge, I think, as well. I had to do in a big pile of poop. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. When I mean, you think about it, like, if someone's lying in bed, you know, you got to be a really tiny person for it to not be obvious someone's lying under covers. So I'm like, this has to be a big pile of poop. I bet it was. I bet it was. Well, moving on from poo, we're going to the ghostly Piper boy. Mm. Now, before I get into this story, I am going to mention that there are tunnels underneath the castle. Not to be confused with the Edinburgh vaults. Those are different sets of tunnels. Although I think they connect. They might connect, but I'm not 100% sure on that. It looked like it could have been on the path from where the tunnels from the castle go all the way to um, the Holyrood Palace. Okay. Which is quite the distance, and yeah. in between is the Edinburgh Vault. So I'm assuming it connects, but I'm Maybe not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, castle tunnels were built for unknown reasons, really. I couldn't find a specific reason. There are assumptions. Uh, there's speculation that Mary, Queen of Scots, used them to rendezvous with her secret romantic lovers. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I think what a lot of people believe is that it existed for defensive military use and also storage space you know the the boring stuff which is probably what it was 99.9 exactly (laughs) i think the i don't know i feel like the mary queen of scots i don't know she do you think she would have cared for it to be a secret i'm not sure so like i mentioned that the tunnels went from the castle to the Holyrood palace it's also referred to as the royal mile because it goes from one important structure to the next i guess um is it a mile long my assumption is yes i don't know Or at least close enough where they're like all right it's it's a a mile mile. (laughs) yeah exactly i don't know i that's that would be my guess based on the name Uh, and so i actually had to look up what hollyrood was i didn't know i don't either okay so when i read about it and i saw a video just because i wanted to get the pronunciation correctly they do say hollyrood palace but it's actually uh in reference to the holy rood which is a relic that is part of the cross that Jesus died on. Oh. Yeah. So, cool fact, I guess. All right. Okay, so now that I gave you a little bit of history, let's go back to the ghost Piper boy because it turned out that a few centuries ago when the tunnels were rediscovered, essentially they were forgotten and then someone like realized they were down there, uh, people wanted to know how far these tunnels went. So mm-hmm. they weren't sure where they went or anything like that. Okay, so when they found the hole... They're like, wow, there's tunnels down here, but no one, none of us can fit. So what do you do? Send children. <laughs> you send a child. And specifically, they sent a child that plays bagpipes. And the reason they did this is because um, the idea was that he was going to go down there with his bagpipe, play loudly. Which, by the way, when I read play loudly, I'm like, does bagpipes have a different setting? <laughs> is there a quiet? Is there a quiet bagpipe? But anyway, no. So I guess they chose something that was inherently loud. Had him go down there, walk around playing, so that way they can hear him and try to map out where he is. And that's how they found out where the tunnels led. So, you know, they're doing this. It's it's going on for quite some time, and it's working. So people are mapping it out. Now, for for whatever reason, the bagpipes abruptly stopped playing when he reached the Tron Kirk Church. 
and uh, they were like, hello, you know, they don't know how to reach to him mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, whatever attempts that were they were able to make to re- recover the boy, and even after now that they've been opened up and people can actually go down there, no one has ever found a body. No one has ever found the bagpipes. So they don't know what happened to this boy. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, also strange. My My first thought was that maybe he found a different hole and was like i am out like yeah, he's just... like i'm really done being down here it's <laughs> he creepy. like found an exit stopped playing the bagpipes and was like i'm just gonna leave because this is just something a kid would do but i don't know they, they couldn't really find any evidence that that would have occurred as well so i don't know well they probably ran out of children willing to go down there to find the body <laughs> they're like they're just piling up at some point <laughs> oh god <laughs> but you know what people do believe is that he might have died and no one's able to find his body because to this day, within the castle walls and along the Royal Mile, uh, people claim to hear the distance melody of a bagpipe hmm. or the crying of a small child that is distinctly coming from your feet. From your feet? Yeah. So like, it seems like if you're trying to listen to it, the lower you get to the ground, the louder it becomes. Well, that's creepy. That is super creepy. Yeah. So that's ghost number two. So these are just the most popular ghosts that I got for you guys. Uh, ghost number three, the headless drummer boy. This story is kind of... This is not a Christmas song. This is not a good Christmas story. No. Uh, this is an interesting one for me, I thought, because there are no modern sightings of the child. Hmm. Because it said that he was only seen right before the castle was about to come under attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been a while since. It's been a while. The first reporting of the headless child was in 1650, right before Oliver Cromwell um, and his armies attacked the castle. No one knows anything about the boy. Like, there's no documentation of the beheading of a child. I don't know how common that was, but apparently... I hope it's never, ever been common. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but all they know is that he's a ghost. And the scary thing is, I think, is if you ever do see him, you're like, oh, shit, it's probably a bomb. Because, you know, armies don't really march to the castle anymore. Not with that attitude. No. <laughs> yeah, right. So wait, where are they seeing him, though? Like, obviously, it has to be around the castle but like are they seeing it like the gates are they seeing him so in the middle like or do you do you not know i don't know i think it, it just See, appears a drinking day you'd have to take it, a drink it mostly yeah right it mostly seems when i was reading to appear to someone that would have been able to do something about the attack or like it's more of a warning he would appear to many people or just been seeing around so but it's usually just before so i don't know how long he lingers so until, he's like a morbid paul revere Paul Revere, yes, if he didn't have a head. The siege is coming, but I can't say anything because I got no head. So he's just going to stand there (laughs) creepily. (laughs) Um, So that's that's one other ghost. The other one is Janet Douglas, Lady of Glamis. Never heard this one. Okay, well, Janet was a sister of Archibald Douglas, who is the sixth Earl of Angus, who married King James' mother, Margaret Tudor. I know. I don't know. Sometimes, like, these family lines. a bunch lines, of names right there. I know. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, um, Archibald, who is, like I said, Janet's brother, and Margaret got married when King James V was only 12 years old. Um, this is only important because it made, it made it easy for Archibald to kind of imprison King James and pretended that he was acting 
on behalf of King James. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's like, King James said to do this, now listen to me. Right. Even though no one has seen him, so, oh well. Or he's a 12-year-old. Yeah. And people don't care, I guess, at that time. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how they got away with it, but whatever. Uh, So for a few years, this happened until King James was actually able to escape. And then eventually, after he escaped, his mother divorced Archibald, and then um, they kind of like reconvened and got together again and decided that they're going to go back and essentially kick out Archibald and his entire family from Scotland. Hmm. This is important to know because uh, obviously (laughs) King uh, James was not happy about the situation and he wanted to basically kind of take it out on someone. So Janet Douglas was still around, and I'm not sure why, because I think the whole family was supposed to be exiled, I think. Um, she's going to be the scapegoat the fall. She's basically going to be the scapegoat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because she was accused for communicating with her brother, which would have been illegal since he was exiled, and she was summoned to the court. When she failed to appear, there were additional charges against her so she was going to be in prison at this point because she was completely ignoring can't win yeah exactly but in addition to that king james claimed that she had attempted to poison him and also perform witchcraft on him i don't know where he got this but there's definitely no evidence of such anyway king james was totally convinced that this was happening that he ended up going to janet's other family members that were still in scotland and her servants and tortured them to near death to try to get evidence that this was going on. Hmm. Of course, there was no information to give because King James totally made up the whole thing. What they did do is <laughs> they found Janet and they decided, well, she's a witch, so we're going to burn her at the stake in front of her family and child. Today, people say that they hear the sounds of hammers and workmen building the scaffold that Janet was burned alive on. Hmm. Yeah. Good. How do they know that? <laughs> I know. I'm hammers say. and I mean. So they, it's like the sounds of workmen. There's a lot of things they could but build. But there's no one around working on anything. And it would oh, have no, been. No, no, no. I'm not second guessing that they're hearing mysterious noises. But yeah. why did they just make the assumption that. Because oh, they're totally building there that. was an area in particular that this occurred. Okay. So whenever a witch. I, Apparently, there were a lot of witches burned around that time as well. I think you should say alleged witches. Alleged witches. Well, that's <laughs> true. Because you're sounding like someone's like, it's like, damn, Salem, we got quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, done. Good job, people. Let's go home. Um, but no, that's where they burned the quote-unquote witches if they were to be burned. So it is also claimed that people can see her apparition mm. around the area that she was dead. And sometimes if you do happen to see her inside the castle, because she kind of roams around everywhere, mm-hmm. um, she'll be she'll be crying. She's just sad. She's not attacking people? She's not attacking. No, she's kind of on her own. She seems pretty I mean, we have pretty like, sad. We have, like, ghosts that we, we tell ghost stories, but, like, some guy or girl was, like, ignored. So when they died, they, like, scratch and attack people. But this woman was burned at the stake. She has every reason to invoke wrath, and she's just crying. Yeah, so as far as I know, she is not the source of this kind of negative, mm-hmm. or, I don't know, what, you, what do you want to call it, like physical attacks. Sure. But uh, yeah, she's seen kind of around. But these are the ones that are super common if you're going to really see a physical apparition or, how do I say this? Like, they have an MO, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, no, you're like, yeah. oh, wow, you experienced this. This has to be this ghost that everyone seems gotcha. to see. Yeah. It's like the Mothman. People have things with similarity. They're like, that's probably what you saw. Yeah, that's probably what you saw. 
Uh, so the dungeon, of course, to no one's surprise, is going to have the most paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people actually end up hearing a lot of voices, moans, footsteps, orbs. I know those are your favorite. Shadowy figures run across the room. And another thing that I thought was really funny that's really common is that they hear people speaking in French because uh, many soldiers that were captured and placed there during the Seven-Year War, and they died there inevitably, of course. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of one. Well, when we did uh, some of the museum tours, there was a section where you walked through... As far as I could tell, it was a recreation of. It was a recreation, yeah. Like I, and by by saying I think it's a recreation, I know it's a recreation, but I mean I don't know if that's actually where the dungeon was, or if they just recreated dungeon cells there so you could see them. Like I don't know if that was the actual location of them or not. I don't know. Um, but the funny thing about them was they were so they were so much like the stuff you see in like Robin Hood movies, where you always just assume, oh yeah, that's just Robin Hood. But then when you see it, I was looking, I was like, you're like, wow, it really did look it like really that. Did look, or at least yeah. they recreated it to look like that. Yeah. So either the recreation was influenced by Robin Hood movies, and or, Disney. The, or the set designers of Robin Hood were like, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's like they won't believe it, but this is what it was. But they didn't look like pleasant places. No, no, no. It wasn't comfy. I mean, it was just like I expected all of a sudden to someone break into song because of the way it looked. But I. Oh, yeah, it didn't. Playing, it didn't uh, look comfortable. No. <laughs> playing a, what? What's that ancient guitar thing called the that fiddle? your brother has? No, oh, your brother the, bought one of them. It starts with the, the B. banjo. No, <laughs> starts with the B. It's I a. No. I just cut this out. It will sound stupid if we don't know what it is. Well, we always sound stupid. So that's okay. <laughs> we always sound stupid. <laughs> um. So there. This is like the thing that I found the most interesting of all. Mandolin. Sorry. That's the, that's what it is, the mandolin. Thank you for that, Chase. Everyone was <laughs> still wondering. <laughs> I totally did the thing where I was like, I'm not going to stop thinking about this. All right. Okay, keep going. Uh, okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. So this is, like I was saying, that the most interesting part of my research today, well, not the most, but I would say, like, the one that I wasn't expecting to find, is that there was a mini experiment done in 2001 by Dr. Richard Wiseman. Why do no good stories start with an experiment by a doctor? <laughs> no, this isn't like an insane asylum st- okay, thing. No, like... no, no. These were not like done to people. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Okay, so, <laughs> as, and this was 2001 also. Not saying that bad things didn't happen. Bad things are still happening definitely, today. Just definitely till, since today, but no, no, no. Not in this instance. Um right. So, Dr. Richard Wiseman, like I said, he was he did an experiment that was part of the Edinburgh International Science Festival. Okay. Um, he gathered 240 volunteers from all over the world who who he vetted and made sure that knew very little about the castle history, including its haunted stories. Okay. Um, they separated the volunteers into smaller groups and purposely led them to different areas of the castle, some that were well known to have ghosts and others that weren't. This experiment went on for about, was for a 10-day period, but it wasn't, okay, so it wasn't just the castle, I will admit. So it was also, um, they included the Greyfriars Kirkyard Cemetery, and I know Kirkyard Cemetery is kind of redundant to say because Kirkyard means churchyard, which usually has a cemetery, but whatever. And other places, and I can't remember which ones they named, but the Edinburgh Castle was definitely a big hotspot. Oh, and they also did the vaults, I think. Anyway. Um, they, like I said, that they led the volunteers throughout the castle 
And along with each group, Dr. Wiseman and his team of researchers accompanied them with equipment to find out if if the reports that while they were with the volunteers had any merit. Um, They measured the air temperature, magnetic field, light levels, sound, things like that. Um, So like, let's just say I said, I'm feeling really cold. You know, you'd have one of his researchers like run up to you and hold probably something nearby you and try to detect if the room temperature actually shifted. In that area, yeah. Yeah. So they were kind of used as guinea pigs. Like, like we're going to use as many See, people I'd as possible. See, i down with that. If, <laughs> if I was with a group of people, I'm 100% yeah. down with that. I just yeah. don't want to be sent down a hole with a bagpipe to find out if something's on Right. No, 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 no. And so, and they were a smaller group. So you weren't, you wouldn't be with all 240 people at, at once. You would have all your you designated group. Yeah, exactly. Just, I think it was maybe, I don't know. I want to say maybe like five or 10 people, but I think it was five people each okay. time. That's even better. One in the front, one in the back, and three people safe in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where you want to be? Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle. <laughs> okay. I'll give you the super middle because then I have like two human shields around me. Yeah, which will probably be me or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, these tests are being conducted and um, the results from the volunteer were somewhat significant. In the castle, many people reported feeling extreme temperature drops, seeing shadowy figures, the burning sensation on their skin, that one bothered me, um, being touched on the face, that would piss me off. That would really piss you off. Uneasiness, and um, and, and also feeling like watched was a really, really common one. I don't know how they managed to measure that one, but it was just one of the big ones that people reported. And having their clothes pulled, so Hmm. that's kind of weird. Yeah. Also, the researchers did find a notable change from their equipment readings in certain times and areas. Uh, Sometimes when a volunteer would claim, like I said, that something happened, they would go and check on it and there was some sort of discrepancy. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, but (laughs) it doesn't matter what I think because Dr. Wiseman apparently isn't convinced still that there are ghosts. Still super skeptical. He's very skeptical. Um, He believes that something may have been going on, but not necessarily the cause of an unrest soul, right? Not supernatural. He believes that it's probably more likely psychological. He thinks that when people are asked to pay attention to a situation, people won't start to notice the little things that were occurring already. But in their minds, it's new. It's different. They build on it. And also because you were asked they're reinterpreting what that sound might mean. Absolutely. And so, and it starts to build up in their mind more and more, so much so that it can even become physical. And mm. I think that's what he thinks. Um, yeah, I think he's right. It depends on how much they were told beforehand is all. Well, the thing is that they weren't really told anything, but I think that like a but, lot of people would have started catching on. On purpose, they didn't. They're like, we're going to do things around you. Um, we're not going to answer your questions. But I think most people are probably be like, okay, is that an EVP? <laughs> no, but, but even if they don't know what that is, I mean, yeah. how do you not tell somebody something and then they know to inform you, I'm feeling like there's a temperature shift. Right. You, or do has, you feel told, anything yeah, or something? Th- there was something said and there was no, enough No, no, no. But that's kind of what the interesting thing about it was, is that he didn't, like, he didn't give them a list and say, from this list, tell me if you feel it, anything. No, a lot of people came up with this on their own. And so the only thing that was asked is that if you feel anything different, let me know. Like if you, if you experience anything, and that already right there that is such already a loaded been, sentence. It would have been the implantation, and you know I would, I would take that and I'd run I, to town. With I it. honestly don't know what they were briefed on, but it, but what I did know, it was very, very little information. I think if they were so, 
told absolutely nothing, but then you couldn't run the tests. And at the end of it, you isolated everyone and then asked them questions. Did you notice anything weird on the trip? Yeah, they, it might have been. But then you can't do the test, like run up and check temperatures and everything it, because someone yeah. has to report it at the time. I would be very curious to read the actual research. I want to as well. I just, I, I read three articles. They had a lot of the same information, but sure. I need to, I'm assuming he has a paper that he wrote. I didn't find that. Even if you're bringing people to do something, that you're already implying that there's something they need to be paying more attention to. Like, we're conducting a big social experiment. We can't tell you what it's about because we don't want to contaminate things. But if you notice it gets really cold or weird stuff starts happening, let us know. And you're like, all right. Yeah. I'm already got a good indication what kind of social experiment they're doing. Yeah, I agree. I think even though they might not know the history of the castle, it doesn't mean that they don't know about ghosts. Yeah. I think, if anything, everyone would know that much more than Absolutely. anything else. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Especially in areas that are known. Like, spooky areas are sometimes spooky areas because they just look spooky. Just saying it. Yeah, and that's another thing that he did comment on. Um, I think he was talking about also the vaults and the other places that they went. But I think in particular, when he was talking about castles or other haunted houses that he's done, because he's done multiple uh, experiments. So this wasn't just in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. Or in these particular places. He's been to other places that he's done, um, again, with volunteers and everything. But anyway, uh, what he does say is that there is something to the fact that when you go to the Edinburgh Castle or you go to a haunted house, it's pretty much on purpose that they make the place look kind of creepy as well Absolutely. in certain rooms or certain things. Not Maybe not necessarily the castle, because that's more historical, perhaps, but other places that he's done studies in. a and, dungeon look happy. Oh, right, or especially, well, especially when you're trying to reenact them and, like, you see dolls, like, with blood on them. You're like, okay, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not going to make me feel cozy, but thanks. Uh, yeah, so, and especially the vaults, when they were talking about that portion, they said that that is... And I'm not, this was not mentioned in the podcast episode that is going to be airing on Wednesday, so I feel okay with saying it now. But in the Edinburgh vault, that is a height of the activity that he found people experience. Not surprising because it's the vaults, but he said 50% of the volunteers said they experienced something. Man, I was underground. That was creepy in those vaults. I didn't feel a damn thing. I didn't feel anything either. Well, I did, kind of. You did? Yeah. But I think it might have just been this? wind. Yeah, I said it at the time. I told all you guys right afterwards. Oh, okay. But then I was like, it was nothing. Like, no one, like, pinched or poked or pulled. But I was like, it could have totally been wind. I mean, we're talking about, like, an ancient dungeon underground I didn't feel thing. any wind. I thought the air was pretty stagnant. Oh, it smelled stagnant and stale. But yeah. I got some, like, cold-ass whooshes. Ooh, I didn't. I, it could have been anything. Could have been some guy putting on his coat behind me and I just whoosh. Yeah. I did manage to trip... Almost immediately after our tour guide told us, be careful, don't trip. So that was fun. Classic, Lily. Classic. Well, yeah, probably. It was pretty bumpy in there, okay? Anybody would have tripped. We're talking, Except- we're talking <laughs> about you, where there were times where I'm like, hey, are you going to take a shower soon? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, hey, there's no shampoo in there. Make sure you grab a new bottle. And you'll go into the shower, and then you'll start screaming, Chase, bring me the shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, where was I? Ah, uh, yes, the psychological effects of haunted supernatural things. That was basically all I had. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I had more. Um, but I do have another little story that I want to tell you. It's a very popular one in Edinburgh, and there isn't an inherently super scariness to it, but it's a really cool story. Here we go. The story is about Greyfriars Bobby, and it begins... Bobby or Body? Bobby. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the name. So in 1850, John Gray moved to Edinburgh, 
he was a gardener and unfortunately though he was having hard times finding jobs no one was hiring him as a gardener but he did eventually land a job as a constable do you know what that is mm-hmm. okay in case nobody knows what that is it's kind of like a peace officer they're typical and they're more typical in small towns Yeah, kind of like a cop Kind of like a cop, but they have, like, limited authority, from mm-hmm. what I understand. So, yeah. But they're way more powerful than a security guard. More powerful than a security guard. Not quite a police officer. And they're still, like, pretty well respected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, John Gray adopted a Sky Terrier who he named Bobby. Bobby kept him company while he patrolled around Edinburgh. And eventually, the locals became very familiar with both John and Bobby being quite the pair. They always hung out together. Solving crime. Solving crime together. The ultimate duo, definitely. In 1858, John died and was buried in the Greyfriars Kirkyard Cemetery, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, still unable to separate himself from John, would be seen every single night, walk to the cemetery, and sit on his grave which would be around the time that he and John would go walking together while John was patrolling the area. That's really sad. I know. At first, the groundskeepers would try to shoo Bobby away, um, trying to tell him, you know, there are no dogs allowed in the cemetery, probably in general, but definitely not at night when it was closed. Uh, But anyway, the dog would always try to make its way in and always found Mm -hmm. its way in no matter what. So after a while, the groundskeeper actually just let him they felt really sad. They knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, because, like I said, the locals were really familiar with them. Um, but the thing is, is that they had to follow the rules and then decided, eh, he's all right. They even started feeding him and everything. It's kind of cute. Not long after, Edinburgh introduced a new law that required all dogs to be licensed, uh, something that you had to pay for. If they found a dog that didn't have a license, which was essentially street dogs, they would be captured and euthanized. And for Bobby, he was so famous, luckily for him, that the city of Edinburgh paid for Bobby's license so that he can continue to walk to his owner's grave at night. Mm. Yeah, I know. The groundskeeper even had allowed for a little house to be built, like right next to his grave, so that he can kind of have some shelter when he was down there. Because, you know, it would rain and sometimes it'd be a little cold and whatnot. So, yeah, despite rain and winds and cold temperatures, the dog always showed up. On this is really depressing. I know. <laughs> Sorry. You know, we had a rule. If it was a drinking day, if it has an animal in it, you have to drink. Yes, it, definitely. On January 14th, 1872, Bobby passed away. That would mean that since John died, Bobby went and looked after his grave for 14 years. Holy cow. I know. I'm getting serious Futurama vibes with I this. know, from Jurassic Bark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see more. Um, in case you were wondering... Yes, Bobby was buried next to his master. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. You can even visit both graves because they're pretty, They're next to each Aww. other. I know. Uh, we were actually pretty close by and we didn't go. I didn't even know. Uh, on Bobby's tombstone. That was the corner church, right? That, that we is, always passed on our way back to the place. It's right. Yeah, it's really close to the. Um, no, no, no. So hold on. Where was it? It's really close to the castle. Yeah, there was a yeah. big church with a cemetery about? yard that we passed on the way back to our Airbnb. Yeah, so it also has, like, that statue of the little dog. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, I don't know about the statue of the dog, but it had, like, some statues around it. Mm, I don't know if we're talking about the same place. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, you can, like I said, you can visit both graves. And on Bobby's tombstone, it says, quote, Let his loyalty and devotion be a lesson to us all. 
It's said that his spirit is still around because in the middle of the night, people can still hear his bark near his grave. I know. There is also a, just like right outside the gates, actually, on the sidewalk, is a fountain dedicated to Bobby. And on top of that fountain, there's a statue of him. People throughout the years have been, and this is another thing, like, I didn't know about this, but when you look at the statue, the nose looks super shiny and gold. Oh, people rub it for good luck. People rub it for good luck, but people have been doing it for so many years, and there's been so many people, they kind of asked people to stop doing that because it's starting to wear yeah he's looking all snub nose yeah it's getting a little snub nose a little uh undetailed which is kind of sad and i don't know it'd be nice if we can still see the details of bobby yeah so that is just a story i started reading about it and i'm like it's such a cute story although sad now that i have said it out loud but i really liked it and i hope you guys did too oh that last one was really sad (laughs) not the Piper Boy or the Headless Drummer Kid. Well, but all those, <laughs> kidding, all those were creepy. Yeah, those are creepy. And sad. Yeah. This one's not creepy. It's just sad. Poor little dog. Yeah. Loved but his he was devotion, And he was so loved. Like, people actually started visit the dog, too, when he was on the grave. They would bring him food. So, they would kind of rally around him. I mean, yeah. How long did you say he kept going to the grave? I think it was 14 years. That's yeah. an old dog. Yeah, so he was pretty young when um, his master died, when John died. Yeah, so that dog lived a long time. Yeah, I think he died when he was 16. I think that's what it says on the grave, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Yeah. That's definitely old for a dog, but that one's sad. So I didn't have any of that creepy stuff happen to me. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> nope. But I think the one I would have hated the most would have been smelling dung and being pushed off the side of the cliff. Yeah, that one's, like, the worst way to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'd have been too happy with that. Not at all. Um, well, all I know is that it's a huge castle. Compared yeah. to other castles that are still, like, maintained, it's massive. and has so many areas and has such a bloody history. Invasions and everything like that. I mean, it survived a plague. Yeah. Multiple plagues, Multiple rather. I was like, there's a lot of people who died there. I mean, it's just... And it's not even just the attacks or the army or soldiers or anything like that. The castle and, you know, they conducted some horrific things on there, too. Like you said, like the burning of the alleged witches and torture in the dungeons. I mean, they did atrocious things in there as well. So they kind of, you know, I don't feel sorry for them because they kind of did it to themselves as well. Yeah. This castle was certainly has some violent history. But I can't tell you whether or not I'd ever go there because I already done did. And it wasn't scary to me. <laughs> it wasn't scary. It was really fun, though. It was amazing. It's beautiful. Recommended yeah. to everyone. I had high expectations when I wanted to go to Scotland, and we, we all did. I mean, I know uh, Lisa and Jacob really wanted to go, so that was kind of the ultimate push. And I'm like, I think I'm going to like it. And it even exceeded my expectations. Like, I didn't realize I was going to love it. And it was it's just one of my favorite places we've been in the entirety of Europe. Well, just you wait, because I might taint your opinion, because I've got a UFO oh, no. story. <laughs> That's right. Do not bring UFOs to my Scotland. So I need another unalcoholic cranberry <laughs> juice, another because water. I'm being, being responsible. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. And then we come back. I got my story to try to scare you away okay. from Edinburgh Part 2. All right, we're back. And that means it's time for an end of episode encounter, Edinburgh edition. <laughs> no. All right. So before I jump into it, 
full disclaimer, this is something where I researched from multiple sources and all the sources seem kind of weird with what information they were giving. So I pieced it together to make one cohesive vision. But that means that some of my sources, they don't match up 100%. So that's just a full disclaimer that this is the best I can make with it. So this takes place just outside of Edinburgh. Uh, So we need to travel back in time to August 27th. 1992. Woo. Yeah. The uh this was this was right when the last millennials were being born. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So a 33-year-old ambulance technician named Gary Wood was driving with his friend Colin Wright, who was 25. It was just before midnight. They were driving to Tarbrax from Edinburgh on the A70 motorway. They were on their way to drop off a satellite system to a friend. While on the road, while driving, Mm -hmm. they notice a disc-like object that appeared to hover above the road. So, Mm. I don't know what you would do in that situation. Cry. I would struggle to find out what I would do. I think I would just, like, do a three-point turn and bolt. But (laughs) that's not what what Gary did. Oh, Gary. Gary was scared and decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to floor it and race right under it and get past it. (laughs) He's playing chicken. Right? (laughs) So, he even mentioned while he's racing towards it that he was locking the doors. <laughs> oh, yes. That's going to stop them. But, I mean, this is just to prove, like, you know, he didn't see, like, some creepy people on the side of the road. He's like, big orbiting thing. I'm scared. Lock the doors. Wow. Well, that's pretty brave and weird. Yeah. While the car was passing under it, they recalled a bright silver or white light that came from the bottom of the ship and covered their car. Mm. There was a moment where everything went black. And when they came to, they found that their car was on the other side of the road, stopped, and facing the wrong direction. Fearful, they immediately sped away towards their friend's house. They continued on to their friend's house. Sure. When they arrived, their friend was noticeably concerned. Now, typically, this drive from Edinburgh to Tarbrax would have taken maybe 30 minutes to complete, especially since there was very little traffic reported. I mean, this was just before midnight. Yeah. Oh, my God. I already know. However, when they arrived... They had been gone for two hours. Damn. They were an hour and a half late. They were so abducted. They took a different route back to Edinburgh that <laughs> night. You know, that was the first smart thing Let's he seemed to do. Let's go the long way this yeah. time. Shortly after, Gary noticed that he was getting severe headaches. <sighs> he was bothered by lots of strange dreams as well. They both allegedly had new scars that they never had before. Oh my God, Where? I, I couldn't find out. I actually had that same question. Damn I was it. like, is it on their, like, chest, their genitals, their, like, what? faces? Well, I mean, you know how many alien ducks talk about probing. I just figured. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gary first went to get a medical examination, but a CAT scan revealed nothing. Okay. And I'm just going to say this. My luck, whenever something's actually wrong with me and I go to the doctor... 99% of the time, they can never find out what's wrong with me. That's actually true. I, was I just say. have a really bad luck with that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. So, both guys actually decided to go to see a guy named Malcolm Robinson, who was a paranormal investigator, nice. to see if maybe they could find out what happened to him. Yeah. He persuaded them to go meet with a Helen Walters, who was a hypnotherapist and psychic. You know, okay. I figured those two professions go hand in hey, hand. Hey, the real doctors couldn't find anything. You gotta, you gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> go to the psychics. Exactly. <laughs> so they underwent 
uh, if if I, if I read this correct, hypnotic regression mm-hmm. to see if there was anything in their memory or subconscious that they couldn't, you know, recall normally. Yeah. It took many sessions before they were able to recall anything tangible, but eventually a story began to emerge. So did were the two guys being hypnotized at the same time? I was actually wondering that same thing. Are they being hypnotized like in yeah. the same room? Uh, Separate time. It was not implied either or. It wasn't. There was nothing to say that it was together or apart. So I can't tell you. Them doing it together would be the dumbest thing ever. But maybe they did it. I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, I don't know. But this is what they allegedly saw. So this is pieced together because all these different reports I have, some only said what Gary saw. Some only Mm -hmm. said what Colin saw. Some people said half of what Gary saw. So this is me piecing all the things I saw. They saw allegedly together. So the UFO that they can now recall more clearly was 20 feet high and 30 feet wide. It had no lights and was predominantly black. When the car passed under, the car stopped. Gary stated, quote, I saw three creatures coming towards my car. I felt intense pain like an electric shock. Then I was in some room. I saw these things like we men moving around or moving about. I love how you said we men. We men moving about (laughs) doing something to me. Then this six-foot creature approached. It was white, gray in color with a large head and dark eyes with a long, slender neck, very slim shoulders and waist. The little ones were about three feet tall and seemed to do all the work while the big one did the communication, end quote. One of the entities spoke to him and said, quote, Sanctuary, we are here already and we are coming here, end quote. I don't know what that means. What? That's just what he said. Now, Colin claims that after being removed from the car by the entities, he was led up a ramp into the UFO. His clothes were removed, of course. Of course. And he was placed in a chair in a round room. Then medical examinations were performed on him. He did not say what they were. Hmm. Gary specifically mentions at one point, though, a hot red poker-like object was put into his eye. God damn it. I mean, that's good science right there. (laughs) What happens if we burn out an eyeball? Why not? Yeah. And he could also allegedly see crying humans all around while <gasps> this stuff was happening. No! Oh my god, I'm already... Yeah, that one was a little creepy. I'm out of here. That's that's all I was getting from their story, from their being hypnotized. That was their story. They took a lie detector test on live TV, and they both passed. But, I mean, I don't believe in lie detector tests, yeah. but still. It's something to mention. There's people who put a lot of credit into that. I don't, sure. but... Um, uh, some people claim who've heard their stories throughout the years say that the stories have never changed. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me to verify because every source I came with didn't tell me all the whole story. They didn't t- give you the same details. None of what they said under hypnosis, though, was ca- contradicted by any of the stories, though. Okay. Like, nothing contradicted what something else said, so none of that changed. But uh, I still, once again, I've, I haven't been able to read full transcriptions of their uh, uh, of interviews, what they said, what they saw, so I can't tell you if the story has changed. Mm. However... Once again, other people claim that they have seen the UFO. I was having on that har- same day. Yeah. Wow. So several of them were from reputable witnesses. Several of the claims were from reputable witnesses, such as a doctor, a police officer, and a university professor. Hmm. And a crew aboard a flight from Aberdeen to Edinburgh also reported seeing a light rising through the air around the same time. However, one report said that that wasn't until four years later, but from the same area. One said okay. it was from the same night. I can't verify either. 
Either way, I couldn't get names or follow-ups for any of these witnesses, but it was just stated in multiple accounts that there were other people who seemed to assault. Maybe they were on the motorway, and they saw and they're like, look at that idiot driving fast oh, towards the he's UFO. He's going to do it. <laughs> Go for it, bro. <laughs> yeah. However, there is one exciting piece of information about mm. this. In 2012, the British government released classified documents with information about the incident. Apparently, an official report was filed by the Ministry of Defense who took the incident seriously enough back in 1992 to warrant a full investigation. However, the released documents do not seem to claim, confirm, or deny the existence of extraterrestrials, just that they were willing to do an in-depth investigation. So... Oh, do you have the what that investigation included? Nope. Okay, so, okay, whatever. I was having trouble finding <laughs> that as well. I figured. I just thought I'd So ask. there's a lot of missing information, but the reason I think the stories we're telling is apparently it is an incredibly well-known mm. uh, story. Uh, everything I, I read online said it's very well-known in Scotland, and it's related to Edinburgh. So, I don't know. What do you think? Like... I love when I watch movies or TV shows like Episodes of the X-Files and then there's that time being lost. Yeah. It's exciting to me because you're watching what the character is experiencing, so you're seeing the time being lost. Mm-hmm. And that makes it exciting. But whenever I hear other people talk about time being lost, I'm not going to lie, I think they're usually full of shit. Okay. Like, because most of the time I'm like, eh, it's so easy to say that. I mean, I'm I'm usually late. I'm late to work. I'm late to everything. I've never. Well, I don't think he made it up so his friend wouldn't be pissed at him. I don't know because I'm just. <laughs> you saying, really think, I've dude? Never, I've never. So there was a UFO. No, no, I'm, not and trying, I, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm saying I've <laughs> never dropped the. Sorry, I'm late. I got abducted by a UFO. Like I've never used that excuse. But you <laughs> Yet, can totally imagine. Apparently. What if? I don't know. What if? What if they were running late and fucking around? They said, "Hey, let's see if we can pull this off." But then it became like a big, like as a joke. They're like, "Oh, let's fuck with him." And then, uh, and then friend, there's a media circus that came involved, and they're like, "Well, you just gotta go with it." I um, guess I would think maybe I don't know. I, I would have to to I'm, even to even suggest such a big thing. I know things like that have happened in history where people have made something up and then it like blew up or whatever, but. This seems kind of weird, especially since you said that there were witnesses or yeah, rather I just other wish people. I could find that... Good information. Yeah. On those so, but the fact that you don't have that information, and also that the government are like, who took it seriously? You said what was that name? Uh, the the Ministry of Defense. Okay. Yeah, because they took it seriously. That's also another indication that maybe something was going on, and that they did take mm-hmm. accounts from other people. I don't know. I think. No, no, I, I actually agree with you. I'm not trying to discredit these guys because I, I know very little about their mm-hmm. reputation and they might be totally legit guys and that's cool. I'm just saying they showed up an hour and a half late and they're like aliens. I'm like, aliens. that's a little weird. I don't know. That story actually did kind of creep me out. Yeah, right outside Edinburgh. Apparently that whole area is a hotbed. I, I, I found a million articles about how Scotland's like a hotbed for UFO stuff. Oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I still so, love it. <laughs> I still love it. I mean, maybe they're all there because Nessie's like the overlord and they're just reporting it's home. It's just like the mother alien. Yeah, they just got to talk to Nessie every now and then. <laughs> It'd be so weird. We just left her in the lake. <laughs> so my only problem is because I couldn't find solid evidence about other witnesses. This is a he said, you know, it's just a hearsay. Oh, yeah. So it's just two people telling a story. And once again, I couldn't find deeper information on their scarring. The medical examinations showed up 
nothing abnormal. So there's no evidence his car wasn't damaged or anything. So there's no physical evidence, and they're just telling a story where they could have honestly just been really late. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so well, so this one is that's the, like from one extreme to the next. So I'm gonna sure. give it really cool story, and if it happened, super scary. But I don't have enough there for me to even give it more credit and think it actually happened. It's just a fun abduction story to me. Yeah. I thought it was scary. I put it up there with the The whole like seeing I saw a like crying humans around me. I'm mm-hmm. like, the fuck? No, that is a no for me. But all of that came under hypnosis, which is not something I put any credit into personally. I guess you're right. I mean that's a lot of the ways that a lot of people have gotten a lot of information from yeah. Past experiences, in particular, like abductions. It's like a really popular way of mm-hmm. doing it. I don't know why, but it just is. Well, the realm of psychology is a very complicated subject. I mean, people get doctorates in it. There's so much going on that the idea of hypnosis is still a very hotly debated issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you'll find, you know, well-researched, incredibly well-read people who are doctorates in psychology who are like, it's it's not real. And so I, I'm at this point where I'm like, yeah, they got that from hypnosis, interesting i still no good evidence like i'll never consider hypnosis real evidence it's just a story okay i don't know much about it i think my gut says it's kind of weird to assume all the information that comes out of hypnosis would be true but it is an interesting avenue to explore i mean people use mediums to talk to ghosts and see people seem to believe them very true Um, i don't know so who knows i think it fits done well and and really, really, no one's doing, like, they're leading them to think certain things. Like, for example, if I was being hypnotized and I said, yes, I saw a light. And it's like, the light, how bright was it? Like, you know what I mean? That would be leading questions kind of thing. Exactly. Like, like you're making me believe that what I just said is true and I'm just going to go down this path. Uh, whereas maybe they're just letting me talk or something. I don't even know how you get hypnotized, but um, it sounds scary to me <laughs> i don't think i ever want to be hypnotized if that's true who knows i'm sure we could arrange it I, are you gonna from try a, no no not from me <laughs> i'm mean, from someone who's a claim professional like oh right if i tried it i couldn't even believe whether or not i was doing because i don't know what i'm doing i think i'm just terrified what's gonna come out of my mouth or something like i'm just gonna be like also i think you're a bitch and i just met you i mean i don't know you just never know what i'll say or <laughs> anyone sounds like truth serum <laughs> <laughs> just inject me with truth serum, truth serum. please don't they say it doesn't exist, but truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just like Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Oh, man, that's a good story, too. Maybe I'll do that one You should day. do Baba Yaga. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that is what we got for you guys from Edinburgh, but this isn't where it ends. Lily's prototype episode she did with Lisa, once again, she's going to release it as a special. It's, it's not it's in our normal a line. A bonus episode on yeah. Wednesday. We don't know what we're going to call it because i think we might have over time occasional bonus episodes that cover different things that don't fit in with our normal uh, podcast format but we do think you guys might want to hear it we'll get around to those whenever it happens yeah and i'll announce it you know if anyone is might forget or just kind of curious it's just a really fun listen it's like super first for us and yeah good times and and you're going to talk about some really creepy stuff that we actually did go and see like we did a ghost tour so there's real stuff there to talk about it's really fun exactly that's what i'm trying to say the edinburgh vaults is one of the creepier places that you can go to it has an insane history that i do go into um a lot of the ghosts that go that are down there Uh, we had a tour guide we did this whole haunted tour thing it was super fun 
And I recommend you guys listen. It's a good time. And then we went and got tiki drinks afterwards. It was oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did get tiki drinks right after. But anyway, uh, hope you guys can catch that. And once again, we post new episodes every Saturday. Our normal episodes are every every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, if you have any stories that you want us to cover, if you have questions, comments, and you don't have our normal contact information, contact us at hotwpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are so glad you joined us today. Hopefully, we are a good cure for your work week hangover or whatever kind of hangover you may have because the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. See ya.